You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any intellectual needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington on a, a way up there episode, number 58. Daniel getting notifications, hopefully about the sports world. But here we are. Daniel, so much happened over the last like week or two in sports. We planned on having this episode Thursday night after the... Game 5 Lakers uh, Heat um, Finals game, but unfortunately that didn't go as planned, so we waited a little bit through the weekends and uh, saw how everything played out. But Dan, you excited? Episode yeah. 58? Absolutely. Like you said, lots to talk about right now. Uh, obviously, we had a couple uh, finals games that happened between now and uh, last time we recorded. And then, obviously, we had a great weekend of college football, some great matchups. Uh, Greenville Triumph had a late-night game in Tucson, Arizona, uh, finished in a tie, the 10:30 kickoff. That was tough, man. Stayed up for it, but it was tough. Um, so, but yeah, there was also obviously NFL, uh, and we're going to get into all of it. There's also been some great play, playoff baseball going on, um, and we're getting into every bit of it. But before we do that, we were doing a little pod right up before uh, getting into the recording tonight, and Zach has his water bottle with him, and uh, it is a large gallon gear. Uh, red gallon milk jug style water bottle that has accessory uh, holding device all around it. And uh, we got into the discussion of how uh, Zach has actually drank water in his sports career <laughs> and whatnot. And I would love for Zach to just get into it for a second because I was stunned for a minute. Yeah, well, you know, I'm... I'm rocking the, I have a big gallon, it's a red gallon, it has like basically a sweater like you would put on a dog, but it's like over the gallon, and it has a clear pouch for your phone, a clip for your keys, and uh, another little pouch, so it's pretty useful, I mean I look somewhat douchey with it, if (laughs) you will, (laughs) but... You know, it contains a lot of water. It's heavy duty. It's great. And I, I like drinking water. I like using it because it makes me drink more water and I get used to it. Because if I don't, man, I'll drink a cup of coffee and then like it'll be 9 o'clock at night and that's like all I've had today. <laughs> I feel you. I absolutely feel you on that. You told me that at one point in CT football that y'all had a... That it was a strange method in which you explained All right, to me. so the whole, the whole off-pod conversation... Obviously the gallon, but Daniel forgot his water bottle. And Daniel's been rocking your classic green Gatorade water bottle with the orange screw on top. It's been around for generations. They've evolved into the current day form, which always leaks on my shirt at the rim Gatorade. Get it together. But maybe not your maybe not your bottle. My last couple bottles. But I always end up losing these. But Dan has one. He was saying he just loves it because... 
go by at work, pick up the Gatorade bottle, squirt it in your mouth, and then I commented, because as an ex-athlete, you're so used to these Gatorade squirt bottles that, like, you never, like, put the mouthpiece in your mouth. You hold it six inches away from your face and squirt it at your mouth hole, and it just, like... Usually you don't care. When you're playing football, it just goes all over your jersey. Like, you, you don't even care about even drinking the water. You just want water to hit your face, and you're glad you're not in this play because you know you're about to go back in. And then uh, it's funny because there's other methods of water that I've used at football. Like, it's not just the Gatorade. Like, growing up was like a little leaguer. Like, you got just the six-pack of water bottles your coach walks around and gives to you. But then you get to, like... C team and high school football is a little different. There's a, on our practice field, at least there was like a water pipe that came out of the ground, a water spout, Daniel told me. (laughs) And, uh, they would screw in this like wagon that had a big tank on it with a structure built on top with a bunch of tiny hoses with handheld water. You would squirt water in your mouth essentially, but it was like times 12 and it was a rolling cart. But then C-Team, not not as big as a budget, <laughs> there was like a long PVC pipe, which I don't know if you should be drinking through one of those, but they would like duct tape a water hose on a long PVC pipe and just drill a bunch of holes out of it in different sides of the pipe. And it just squirts out like a, a kid's toy or something, <laughs> dude. And you just got a bunch of football players leaning over and drinking water this is pre-covid obviously obviously so i don't i don't know what the ramifications are for the water bottle industry moving forward at practice but from what i've experienced water comes in the squeeze bottle variety and some other interesting interesting ways so that is the full story full story good stuff i loved it just the fact that like i love the idea of a bunch of football players in full pads and helmets just standing over a pvc pipe at the same time just drinking water and you don't get a long time at the pvc pipe either and the water's not coming out it's eh. (laughs) this is this is south carolina too in the summer so yeah warm water for sure hot outside um but yeah that was fun i thought it was great but guys, obviously, I said that the Greenville Triumph, tough tie, two-two in Tucson. It was a far travel late night game, ten thirty on our time of the of the time zone. So the Triumph get the tie. It was impressive, Zach. The uh, Tucson, the two Tucson thought they were going to get the win. They were up two-one as it goes into. They give you the call for four extra uh, minutes. And right as they give you the extra call for four extra minutes, Lachlan McLean comes in, clean header in the box, into the goal for the tie, uh, gives us one point. And now, at this point, we host Union Omaha this Sunday at 3 o'clock. And with a win, we can secure the hosting of the finals uh, for the USL League One Championship, which is going to, as we mentioned one last time, it's on ESPN Deportes, also is going to be on ESPN. Um, so, yeah, it's big broadcast, man. On it's be regular on, ESPN. I do, believe, I do believe I saw on regular ESPN. As was, well as Deportes. That's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. Although I may still watch the Loco. Deportes call because it's going to be great. That's going to be an awesome call. Go! Lachlan McLean! And at this point, it looks like probably 
Richmond or Union Omaha are going to be traveling to us. It really uh, could be a toss-up between both of them as they have 23 points. But in the fourth spot with 20, uh, North Texas could make it some a, a leap as there's a couple games left in the season for everybody, about one or two games. Are you worried? Oh, I'm not worried at all. I'm not. We're hosting a big game. We're hosting number three in the league this week, but at the same time, like, this team has proven to me they are ready for the big games. Like, we've hosted big games. We've gone on the road in big games, and, like, they have two losses. We have a pretty good defense. We have a great defense. And uh, also, uh, John Harks has been messing with the lineup back and forth here and there. But, like, oh, he gave Omar the start this week, and that seemed to be a really good spark for the offense to move forward at a faster pace than what it was before. Um, but at the same time, he's been inserting Jake back in here and there, and Jake's been able to find the goal a couple times. last uh, This last game, Lachlan with the two goals still always uh, – able to find the back of the net for us so it's just it's working well at this point and obviously you still have the golden glove winner dallas jay best keeper in the league best keeper in the league dallas best, keeper jay in the league. best keeper in the league <laughs> all right guys you got to get that chant going that's the chant at the games i promise it's gonna best be fire keeper in best the keeper league. in the league all right anyways, shout out guy shout the out game. the random guy at the game that made up that that chant on the spot wasn't really like, it doesn't seem like he put a lot of thought process into but it. But he's, he's been in multiple games, so. Good stuff. Um, Guys, like we said last week, Zach dropped you, or last couple weeks ago, Zach dropped a little baseball knowledge on you. He blew me away with his baseball knowledge. I was not ready for it personally. But we do have more baseball talk, more baseball information. And it is the fact that our Braves, the Atlanta Braves, are currently playing in Game 2 of the NLCS after sweeping the Marlins in Round 2, and they are currently up 1-0 on the Dodgers. Literally the team that everybody chose to win the World Series, the Dodgers were up 1-0 right now, and they're currently leading the Dodgers. It does seem they just scored some more runs. Up 3, got another run, up 3-0. The Braves, man, making the run. I love it. Shout out to all the Braves fans and the crew, you know. Uh, obviously, Raymond out there. We got everybody. Paul, um, a Dude, shout out. everyone's a Braves fan, especially in this part of the country. Go Braves. Team of destiny. Should have been here last year. We are here this year. And if we lose to the Astros because they're cheating <laughs> in the World Series, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> but awful but currently it doesn't look like it'll be the astros as the tampa bay rays uh before tonight's game are we're leading the series 2-0 uh so that is uh the tampa bay rays have been making a run shout out andy um be a very interesting world series if we get to see rays braves be uh two very unexpected teams i feel like yeah and back to the braves so game one in the NLCS, you're playing the Dodgers. Great pitching performers from Max Fried. Struck out nine over like seven innings, I'm pretty sure, something like that. And then it's funny because the other starting pitcher, forgive me, I don't know his name. Who cares? He's a Dodgers. Go Braves. But um, there were, after the game, multiple reporters were asking him about how tight his pants were. Dodgers reporter asked him post game. He got mad and said, this is not the time. And then, Bra- the and then Braves reporter post game asked our starting pitcher Max Freed 
about the tight pants of the opposing pitcher as well. So what is going on here backstage amongst these analysts? And just funny side story from the game. Braves obviously did great. Freddie homered in the first inning. It was 1-0 and then went on. There was another home run, right? Uh, Yeah, two more. A couple more home runs. So 5-0 for the first game. And then we're sitting here in game two. Freddie Freeman gets a fourth inning home run. Braves scored again off of a double. It's looking good so far for the Braves, not for the Dodgers. Still got four innings left. What are your predictions for NLCS Game 2? Right now, I think we're probably taking Game 2. It's looking good. We just need to keep it together. Um, But as as you mentioned, uh, I do believe you mentioned Kershaw out uh, Game uh, game 2. He should have started, so I think that sort of has thrown off what the Dodgers were probably wanting to do. Um, So their pitching does seem to be struggling a little bit. Um, But that being said, the Dodgers are still a really good team, but at the same time, the Braves are the best team. We chopping them. We chopping them on and on. So go, Bra- go Bravos. I'm excited. Want to go back to a game next year. There's people in the stands here. This is uh, – where are we at? Uh, this is in uh, Houston, I do believe, is where they're playing this. Or um, So, yeah, they, they have two hub cities uh, rather than playing at individual uh, parts. Uh, so no traveling. That was just a big note of this, too, is there's no breaks. Uh, they're playing every single night. Every game is the next night. So uh, if they have quick turnarounds on these games, and if the Dodgers can't get out of their head, they may get swept. I mean, it could happen. Braves have not lost in the postseason. Not lost. They swept the Cubs, swept the Marlins. They said, y'all going to talk crap about us losing the postseason. We'll show you. Well, we'll see what happens with the Braves. Hopefully we can see them in the World Series. But the college football world, Clemson, biggest game on their schedule probably, minus the travel to Notre Dame. Miami coming in, De'Eric King, Heisman hype, uh, great offense. It was number one versus number eight. So, uh it was the game. I watched the game. Yeah, I watched the All game. Right. You were. In I was attendance. in the stands. I was in the stands uh, for the first three quarters. It was kind of a blowout. Like it, man. Clemson was obviously the better team. Like the Miami couldn't get anything rolling on offense, at least through the first two quarters. Obviously, the whole game. But I mean, the weather kind of held up, though. We were expecting downpours, and it really didn't rain that much. Like it did before the game, but not during the actual game. It wasn't raining at all. So there were some games that I saw that were horribly rained out. Um, and we can talk about one because there was a big call in one of the games um, that was rained uh, rained out more or less. Uh, yeah, Clemson forty-two, Miami seventeen. Like you said, it was pretty dominant overall. The only like really good play I saw out of Miami's offense was a scramble play by Derek King where he went for probably like you know 60 yards um, and set him up for I do believe a, a they either set up for the field goal or a touch a field goal and then uh, get a touchdown going into halftime as Dabo decides to try to kick a field goal I'm not sure exactly how long is like a 50 yarder or so um, and it, it gets blocked and then they return that for a touchdown so going into halftime it was 24 to 10 um, and then Clemson sort of Ported on in the third quarter, as you said, by that time it was pretty much a blowout and over. Um, also in the ACC, Zach, 
another game that seems like it may be big for y'all, but at the same time, it seems like it may not be at all, is the UNC Tar Heels uh, are still winning. They're undefeated after a big, uh, you know, good win against a Virginia Tech team that's really pretty good overall, has a good defense. They scored 56 points. That's impressive. Has a good defense and gave up 56. No, their def- yeah, defense gave up 56. Mm-hmm. But also... North Carolina's uh, defense gave up 38, I do believe. And so, like, if you got a leaky defense like that, when you're playing a great offense like Clemson, you, you're you not going to win that game. I don't think you're going to outscore Clemson. you got to make some stops for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens. But UNC currently looking like the next, uh, guy, next team in the ACC minus Notre Dame. But y'all will travel to Notre Dame uh, at, some, at the end of the year. So – uh, in the uh, Big 12, uh, it currently really is like Iowa State sort of is still in there as far as conversation for winning the Big 12, uh, but currently it's looking like Okie State. Uh, the Cowboys are currently the only undefeated team uh, in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas had their Red River rivalry this past weekend. I feel like I nailed that. Don't shake your head at me. In Texas. Oh, no, no. Great pronunciation. <laughs> but I'm oh. just shaking my head at Texas just oh, the being Texas. back in the losing column once more. <laughs> <laughs> well, now both teams 2-2. Two and two. Oklahoma wins in four overtimes. 53-45 Sam Elgar throws great game. a game-ending interception. Great game, but at the same time. I literally tweeted in the middle of that game. It was like, I think, third overtime, Oklahoma's first uh, play of the third overtime was a touchdown to the tight end wide open down the field. I'm like, I tweeted, does the Big 12 play defense? Like, (laughs) what is it? What are they playing on the uh, opposite of the offense? I don't know what it is. They play a three-second Mississippi charge quarterback. And, uh, oh, we didn't know y'all were running deep routes. <laughs> deep routes, what? <laughs> What's a um, safety? So, but yeah, Big 12 looking pretty much like they're just going to do their thing this year. Probably not going to be getting a team into the playoff unless you start seeing teams lose multiple games, which is a possibility. The Big 10's uh, with back next week? Big 10 back next week, October 24th. Uh, two you weeks. got some big games. Yeah, two weeks. Not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Um so a couple big games. Obviously, you get to believe you open up with Nebraska at Ohio State. That'll be pretty interesting. Probably not though. But uh, in the SEC this week, Zach had some great games. Had some interesting things happen. Uh, initial game of the day: A and M hosting Florida on ESPN. Florida loses. Goes down to Jimbo Fisher. Game that is a culture changing win for Jimbo Fisher and AM, I do believe. And also I think that is just another another key piece to the, the, the beautiful puzzle piece I watched get built as Dan Mullen coaches Florida. Because everybody sits there and loves to hit you with Florida's really good. Watch out for Florida. What about that offense for Florida? Three games, they're dominating. Their defense is so bad. It's terrible. It's the worst defense in the SEC. I'm just not – I wasn't a Florida believer either. And that's why you said it to me at one point, this is like the biggest win for Jimbo ever, culture changing. And I'm like, how much is this of just fraud rankings in the COVID year 
Because Miami was not the seventh best team in the country right there. Either Clemson is by far the first best team in the country, or Miami was not the seventh. And I don't think North Carolina should be the eighth. (laughs) And you got Florida at number four, like where Ohio State probably would have been. You know, so I understand it was a high and it was a big win regardless of the rankings currently. But... I don't know if Florida's that good either, man. I think that's a great point. I mean, I hadn't even really considered too much, but, I mean, it is a, it's a big win, as you said, for Jimbo. So it's just a big win in general to be able to get that win over a preceded big-time team. Even if Florida's down, you always talk about Florida as if they're always the best team on earth. Same as Texas. You're always going to talk about Texas as if they're always great. But, like, they're okay. Um... LSU team is not just okay, Zach. That team's bad. Yeah, and they lost again. Lost again, one and two right now. Um, not ideal. Ed Ogeron keeps saying he's going to get that defense fixed, but they give up 45 to Missouri. Missouri's one of the worst teams in the SEC, and you give up 45, and you only scored 41. You lose the game. I will note, you had to travel to Missouri where you thought it was going to be a home game due to Hurricane Delta for uh, causing weather weather issues. But LSU has dropped dramatically from where they were last year. I knew it was going to happen. I don't. I did not think it was going to be this dramatic. Uh, Bama, sixty three points on the road at Ole Miss. What Ole Miss score though? Forty. Forty eight. Points. That's what I'm saying. You can't. Bama's defense. What is it with the the SEC is looking like the Big Twelve where we score a lot of points, but there's no defense played at all. People can't tackle. People are just like wide open left and right. And the Missouri game, the LSU defenders literally left a man wide open by 20 yards for a touchdown. There's a clip of Belichick that you just made me think of. He's like they were. They had like some bad loss or something. He was either set telling a story about his team or a story that another coach told him. And he was like, "We lost the game," and everybody's like trying to figure out the game plan and what went wrong, what play we should have run. And Belichick's just like, "We can't tackle. We we, tackle. we, we literally can't tackle. Tackle Why somebody. Win a football game if you can't tackle." <laughs> and then there you go. I mean, he's right. You can't win football games if you don't tackle people. These are facts. If you you need to score more points than the other people score, okay? That's how you win. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Zach. There is one team in the SEC currently I can tell you is playing defense and is probably the best defense in the country. A little bit of a homer opinion, too. The dogs of Georgia are dominant on defense. They allowed only one, or sorry, allowed negative one rushing yards for Tennessee in a dominant win, 44-21. Started slow, uh, sort of came out, initially gave them a score on uh, a bad snap in the end zone. Um, and then, But, you know, the event came out after halftime. The defense shut them down multiple uh, fumbles, multiple interceptions. Uh, This defense looks like it's going to probably have multiple turnovers every game. So we'll see what happens as we progress more. Uh, Obviously, this set us up for the massive, massive dogs versus Alabama, two versus three on the road at Tuscaloosa this week. I'm terrified somewhat. (laughs) As you should be. But at the same time, 
that Bama team, after watching them allow Ole Miss score that many points, and in, that we're not going to give up 63 points. I promise that. But what happens if Alabama's defense buckles down and learns how to tackle? If they learn how to tackle, they'll win the game. Um, so I think that's all we really got for the college football currently. Obviously, we'll be able to get in some Big Ten talks and maybe Pac-12 talk. Maybe not. We really don't care. It's Big Ten, Pac-12. We don't care that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we'll move on to the NFL. Zach, I'll allow you to start in the NFL because it is a celebratory time for you and many fans of the Texans. Yeah, so this is a, this is a big week. For Clemson football and NFL, I'll go on the detail, the other parts later. But Bill O'Brien is out. You are out of here. Not only is the coach, we're going to fire you twice from GM as well, which how do you – I didn't even know you could do that in football. Literally didn't know. I think Gruden would be the only guy that I'm like, all right, maybe. but Or Belichick. Did the Patriots have a GM? I do believe so, but I don't know who it is. Yeah. I can't tell you their name. <laughs> it's, it's it's Will Belichick. <laughs> he has a mustache. And then, uh, but anyways, you got the thirty-nine million dollar man at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and he uh now is looking for a head coach, which sparked the rumors. Oh boy, you love listen. You love when a firing happens, and then. You get them rumors. The old it speculation. Clemson, Clemson's got it way too easy in the old high college football rank. So why don't we bring Dabo up to the NFL? Dan, Dabo's an NFL coach. Go. Uh, I don't see it happening personally. Two reasons. First, obviously, let's just talk about the fact that this man has built. Clemson into a different city like I went there for the game recently with Zach and holy crap the whole place looks different from the last time I'd been there and it's really just a lot of that football money starts coming in you're able to put it back into the community add it back into the school and so that school is different because of Dabo and that school will do anything for Dabo and so I don't think Dabo gives up that position but also Dabo does seem it doesn't seem like a guy that would want the NFL life. It doesn't. It seems more of a tedious job to for Dabo than the college football life to me. I don't know why. I don't know. For me, it seems like one of the arguments they have against Dabo, like maybe not for him going to NFL, but just him in general, is his preachy vibe and how like that's not going to work with grown ass men and the NFL in the locker room and you can't tell them not to cuss and you can't tell them not to do this and that so because Dabo got mad at Trevor Lawrence for just like basically essentially dropping the ball on the ground and they called it a spike it was nowhere near a Gronk spike and he still got mad at his quarterback like that stuff's not going to fly in the NFL like, especially as a first-year coach, Dabo, who's a young guy who, I mean, your college is, Dabo's killing it right now. So, I would not expect him to leave. I wouldn't even expect him to leave for Alabama if Nick Saban moved on. But um, that's, See, that's the only job I could see him potentially leaving for. 
But that's definitely something that would happen way down the road. Not something coming anytime soon. Bama would have to go through a few, probably one or two coaches, a few years of struggling before they were able to coax him out of Clemson. Um, But we'll see what happens with it. I mean, obviously... Every time a head coach gets fired in the NFL, you're going to start up the rumors of, like, if if the Browns need a head coach, it's going to be Lincoln Riley. I heard Lincoln Riley to the, uh, to the Chargers. Man, listen, Lincoln Riley ain't getting any job in the NFL. You want to know why? You want to know why, Zach? He provided me with the funniest sports moment of the weekend for myself. Literally made me die. He had me dying laughing because in the – Third, fourth overtime, fourth overtime, no, third overtime, I do believe it was, he decided to, or actually I think it was second, sorry, yes, second, because third was a touchdown, second overtime, he sets up for his field goal, Texas had missed their field goal attempt, sets up for a field goal attempt on second and ten, because he's confident they're going to make it, why wide left funniest thing i'd ever seen i literally was dying laughing i was like coach riley this is why nobody's calling you because you're making dumb decisions yeah so no dabo to the nfl i'll uh use the transition the chargers transition to talk about the game last night monday night football football. you had a chargers versus the saints justin herbert four touchdowns looked great against your fantasy quarterback Drew looked Brees. miserable. Looked old. As he has all year so far, it's been very disappointing, especially on the fantasy level. We really shouldn't talk fantasy too much. Oh, we should because nobody I wants up to talk Herbert about fantasy. Played him. Played Justin Herbert. My team dropped 133 this week. Pretty awesome. But Saints still win the game. They do. And that's even crazier because Monday night football, everybody loves it. The rare. Tuesday night football is happening tonight. Titans, Titans Bills. Bills. Josh Allen. MVP. MVP potential. Um, Russell Wilson on Sunday night football looked excellent. Uh, Dom, they, they struggled for a while, but obviously he did the Russell Wilson things. He throws a fourth. Fourth and goal touchdown to DK Metcalf. D- also on my fantasy To team. win the football game. To win it. You know, big time games. He got they got the win there, um, but there was some sad news in the NFL this week. Some uh, big injury news coming out of Texas uh, for Dallas. The Cowboys uh, were playing home game, uh, hosting the Giants, and on a tackle of uh, when Dak was scrambling to his left, uh, he got. Uh, tackled and rolled over on and he suffered a compound fracture and dislocation in his right ankle and he's going to be out for four to six months um obviously terrible thing to happen we hate to see it we obviously Dak needs to hope he gets better as soon as possible can't wait to see him back on the football field you got to hope that's not something that's going to be any sort of career ending uh injury or anything uh but it's also major news because, uh, as we I mentioned it to you last night, and you know we got into talking about it. There was a lot of money on the table that Dak left uh, left on the table, sort of betting on himself this season. And so you get sort of you got to hope the Dallas Cowboys will do him right and 
give him the ch- franchise franchise tag next year. You know, keep him on the roster, make sure he give him the opportunity to come back. That's got to be your franchise guy. Or 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 you tank for Trevor. Oh, they got Dalton in the backfield right now, so you got to find something if you're not going back to Dak. There's going to be a couple teams tanking for Trevor at this point. We were talking about it. Obviously, the Jets. You were stunned by this. First off, the Jets still rolling with Adam Gase. I don't understand why. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, if Bill O'Brien's getting chopped, Adam Gase needs to get chopped. You told me that they benched Sam Darnold. It seems like I'm sure he's not hurt. I do not think that man is injured. Sam Darnold has been Joe struggling Flacco all year, and you go to Joe Flacco. Le'Veon Bells comes back from injury. He's back, back on still lose. I don't know what they're going to do. When do you fire Gase? When he is 0-16? Or do you just trust the process? Or do you keep trusting the process of crazy eyes? Uh, the Falcons will possibly be looking into a Trevor Lawrence <laughs> pickup. Dan Quinn Oops. will be left behind because the Falcons organization has moved on from Dan Quinn. Um, the Vikings' current team that could be looking at Trevor Lawrence, you mentioned to me, Zach, at a 1-4. in four. When did that happen? The How last did that five happen? weeks of the season. Holy cow, Same man. Same thing for the Lions. Got Matt Stafford there, but it, it's a time to move on off Stafford. Let him go to another team, man. You're not getting any better. <sighs> yeah, I mean, or Matt Patricia maybe needs to get out of there. I just don't, don't think Matt Patricia is a good head coach. He's a backward hat kind of guy. He's a backward hat kind of guy, and you can't get a backward hat kind of guy running the head coach position. That's like an offensive coordinator thing, all right, or a defensive coordinator thing. Um, so yeah, I think the Lions are potential, and then obviously one team that uh, has also benched their young playing, young starting quarterback Dwayne ha- uh, Dwayne Haskins, and the Washington Football Team uh, was benched, and so they started Alex Smith this week. Zach, sort of a happy note to the football weekend. Um, that you get to see Alex Smith back out there on the field after a obviously gruesome injury, terrifying few a uh, couple months uh, through surgeries and uh, infections he in the had leg and stuff. Seventeen surgeries. Seventeen surgeries, man. It could, he was out for over six hundred days. They said he was about to die. Mm-hmm. Like, shout we, out. We talked about it on this. I watched the E60 and we talked about it on here. If you haven't seen it, the E60 is really interesting and that's just, it's crazy the fact that 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 a football injury result in such a life-threatening thing that whole time so um but yeah it's crazy to see him back out there but the defense did not spare him any kindness being back on that on the field zach it was not good not good at all six sacks nine for 17 37 yards not ideal washington could be looking to a tanking for trevor situation and then Aaron Donald got criticized for lighting up Alex Smith and then celebrating after the sack. But I'm like, it's sacks are hard to get, you know. So can you really be that mad at a defensive lineman for celebrating after a sack? I wouldn't tell you who wouldn't either. What are you going to do, like pick Alex Smith up because he almost died? Andrew Luck would have got up and given him a high five. But Andrew Luck's not in the league anymore. Um, I think that's all we got in the NFL at this point. Uh, we'll keep get checking in, keep keep up with it. Um, we got our weekly call with Roger. Later weekly, this week. <laughs> we'll address a few concerns with Roger. Uh, Zach, before we get out of here, obviously the NBA Finals 
have concluded. The L.A. Lakers have won their 17th NBA title, tying the Celtics for almost all time as a franchise. Uh, And it's LeBron's fourth title. Uh, Three different teams. Danny Green also did it. Every Listen, I want to point this out before we get into praising the Lakers. Obviously, great win and whatnot. They were praising LeBron about this. He's going to be the first man to to lead a team. That's fine. You can say that. But like Danny Green didn't lead anything except missing brick and threes. Dude, oh my gosh. So much Danny Green slander in the world today. Tough. Tough. But listen, man, I mean, you're going to skew that information however you want to make it LeBron. But Danny Green and LeBron both have on three teams, one in NBA I'm title. sure that's more than just them, though. Because yeah, there's been some bench riders that have done it. I think it. there's five total players that have done it now. Well, um, they're going to get rid of Danny Green, and LeBron's going to do it again, and then he'll have done it twice. So, Zach, as we were talking about this, I said, told you, I was like, so what are we talking about? Obviously, we're going to mention about the six games uh, and uh, the LeBron. LeBron gave you just every game, and the fact that this man – He's 15 years in, Zach, and every 17 night... 17 years in. 17 years in, and every night, the man is just giving you constant perfection. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid. He never gets injured. Half the Heat half the heat got injured throughout this series, and he's just over there balling out the whole time. Chris Bosh said uh, LeBron put in all the work, and now he's reaping the benefits of it. So, I mean, he's been... He's been taking care of himself forever. He's smarter than everybody else. Rondo also says LeBron's the smartest guy out there. Le- Rondo says he's one of the smartest guys out there. But, uh, hey, can you can you argue they're the champs? Dwight Howard's redemption story has a bow on it. Future Came Hall of Famer LA. Dwight. You got, you got four future Hall of Famers on this Lakers team, at least. Because let's, let's just start with it. You got LeBron's Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis is going to be a Hall of Famer. Rondo's going to be a Hall of Famer. Dwight's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, it's a older Dwight. but No, yeah, Dwight's going to be a Hall of Famer. You're going to look at this at one point when history is said and done, you're going to be like, you had four Hall of Famers on that team. That's it, it, It's a crazy team when you look at it. Um, and obviously the Heat were five Hall under man. Caruso, maybe? Oh. Hall of Fame? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would take KCP in the Hall of Fame before Caruso. Danny Danny Green, Hall of Famer. Danny Green, three times, and I'm telling you, he's the best player ever. No, I'm joking. JaVale um, McGee, you, Hall of Fame. <laughs> you told me, as soon as I, we mentioned it, you were like, LeBron versus MJ, the, the debate is on. The debate is on. No, it's not. It's, it's been on no, forever. No, it's not. Uh, Zach, are you still convinced, still, still stand on the side for MJ? Job's not done. Job's not done. We, the story is still being written for LeBron James. You said the other day, there are they like filming a documentary of his life? I'm sure they are. There's like some behind the scenes, like LeBron and the gym footage we're gonna get eventually. I mean, he posts a lot of his life already, so like that's not gonna be that cool footage to us when we've been following him on Instagram the whole time. But still, LeBron's going crazy and very excited, happy for the whole thing. But he's got to win more. He's got to win a couple more. And you had to win the fourth to get to the fifth. And what I'm thinking at this point is LeBron needs to win seven. I think this, we'll see, and I do think LeBron probably has at least six in him. But I do too. But this, this NBA Finals, him winning it with AD, 
and the the crew he had around him in AD has made me just sort of realize like they're all they're gonna do is probably you know rinse off rinse it off maybe lose a couple players add a few more maybe even try to find another big player but like you're gonna run this back and like they probably should be the favorite to win the t- NBA title in 2021. They will be probably. Brooklyn's gonna. We'll see how Brooklyn the experiment works when you have DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Chris LeVert. Um, I'm missing one more. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's your team. That's mm-hmm. the team. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a good team. You got three to four guys and give you fifty. It's a strong team, but also the the Clippers. We're supposed to be a great team that we're supposed to challenge the Lakers and couldn't even get to the the Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, man, at this point, all I know in the NBA is that LeBron is dominant and Jimmy Butler has made somewhat of a name for himself off two uh, triple-double games in the finals, only one of like three players to ever have a triple-double game in the the finals. Uh, He had 40 points and then 35 points as in game three and then in game five of both games where they won. And like that sort of just tells you, though, like for the Heat to have won this, Jimmy Butler would have had to go off for a triple-double with 35 or plus every single night. They were undermanned, undermatched. They're a fifth seed that made it to the final, and you're going against LeBron on a mission from Hollywood. <laughs> so, you you can only go up too with that, that team. Like that team is going to keep the main core, sort of like Lakers keep a lot of the main core together. You may try to move a Bam out of out of Debio, so you can try to snag get like a, a, a Giannis or something of that nature. But like, if you can move somebody get a little bit of a better player than Jimmy Butler, somebody that's more of a surefire scorer, then you're going to have a team that's going to compete in the Eastern Conference every single year because the Eastern Conference really is not that great of a conference overall. Like the, you know, the Raptors are pretty decent. The, the, the Celtics never really can finish out from what I've seen so far. Like you're going to have to see a lot more from Tatum and people like that uh, to be able to see them in the finals, I feel like. So I feel like the Heat are bound for the finals for the next few years. I don't agree with that. I think Brooklyn's going to go crazy. That's true, Brooklyn. And then also the Charlotte Hornets are going to draft <laughs> one of the top three players and we're going to go off. So we'll see well, you in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, and this is obviously based off a little recency bias where like, you know, you have the – I you, you just have the bubble memories of who's played and whatnot, but like obviously you're gonna have a different team in the Sixers with the uh, uh, Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers in, the in there as the uh, head coach. You're gonna have a little bit of a different looking Hawks team this year, as you said. The uh, the Hornets have a top three pick. The Hawks getting Clint Capella in to sort of play that post defensive role to help fill in the void for the fact that you know Trey Young can't literally defend anybody in the NBA because he's shorter than everybody. So um, you know we'll see what happens. I think it'll be an interesting. 2021 NBA season, especially with the fact that it's going to be very close based uh, to the bubble season. Yeah, I'm excited about that. But uh, is that is that all the sports? The Lakers win their title? Oh, episode 58, guys. Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert. Steel Curtain. Pittsburgh Steelers. The greatest linebacker of his era. Four Super Bowls. A lot of other stuff. But I'll tell you what he didn't have. Any of his front teeth.
No, God, dude. That's the most iconic photo is him just smiling at the camera after a sack with no teeth, basically. So, Dan, before we get out of here, you know, you got anything pressing you need to... No. Anything you need to say? I think we've addressed it. What, what you been watching? What am I watching? Uh, what We Do in the Shadows on FX. Uh, it's, it's an interesting show. It's sort of like an office-style vampire show. It's funny. It's All very right. funny. All right. Um, but, you know, and then obviously came up with all the sports, watching the Braves beat the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I watched a movie, Jackie Brown, this week. is by Quentin Tarantino. He made Ooh. it after uh, Pulp Fiction, but, yeah. It's good. It's probably one of my favorite movies, Jackie Brown. Check it out. Check it out. Guys, we appreciate it. We always appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Tell your grandma to listen. Yes, and watch Jackie Brown. Thank you for listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, A Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. That's M-O-O-D-Y Sports Page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, MoodySportsPage.com. See you next week, guys.